0: I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And
1: I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus taxes. taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> well Welcome. Not, not so much back,
0: I guess. Welcome to the spooky
1: episode. <laughs> sort of.
0: The yeah. Halloween Spooktacular. <laughs> Okay, so before we uh go any further into that, let's kind of delve into semi-serious the semi-seriousness of the uh news today. Mm-hmm. Um is there a
1: No no no. Um <laughs> Yes, the news the news uh, today. Um
0: Well I, I wanted to talk briefly about uh, you know um you know speaking of no, there's no segue to this. Mm-hmm. Um Elijah Cummings. Yes. Um, rest in power passed rest away in power this yeah. past week. Um and had a funeral wherein uh well what can one say really?
1: Well, first of all, um tons of heads of state uh, yes. were in attendance as as it should be. Yes. Um lots of eloquent speaking. I don't know if you've heard uh, some of the speeches from,
0: I actually ha I, I didn't hear any of it. Well,
1: um, well his widow gave a moving uh, speech where she criticized the current administration in the most classiest way. Like um, especially when she was um, addressing Barack Obama, who was also in attendance and also spoke and, um, And she had the crowd by the end of her uh, speech, she had the crowd on their feet like she is a moving speaker. Um, You could tell that she grew up in the church and um, she was channeling some of that as well as her uh, her knowledge and political savvy on uh, what's going on in politics these days. And she just combined it into this perfect um, into this perfect eulogy this perfect dedication. So yeah, you got to hear it if you get a chance.
0: Awesome. I just wanted to like, you know, um, add that Elijah Cummings, uh, was a, the, um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to fuck this up. Uh, he was, uh, part of the house of representatives, uh, for Maryland's seventh congressional district, as well as uh, chair of the house oversight committee. Hmm. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, uh it was I was really sad to hear that he had passed,
1: yeah, um it was kind of a shock to yeah. tell you the truth because in in all the months of just two thousand nineteen, he's been so visible and so at the forefront of getting America back to some semblance of civility or that's nor- right normality,
0: yeah. I remember he was he I remember many times where I've caught him on CNN where he's pleaded with uh with the other congressmen uh, to express some kind of, you know, civility or, or, or meet each other halfway. Mm-hmm. Um and uh which is it, which was kind of sad because like uh, the fact that we are where 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 Congress is right now, especially with like all the bullshit that's been going on lately. I feel like, um, it's kind of like a lone voice in the darkness. Yeah. Know?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, but he was one of the good ones. So, uh, uh, you know, Elijah
1: Cummings, rest in power, rest in power. Actually, um, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez spoke about him so eloquently recently. He, took all the freshman Democrats like under his wing like he insisted that they um, attend certain like committee meetings and other things that are usually reserved to the more experienced uh, for the more experienced members of uh, Congress and just started including them into the fold and grooming them and showing them like look this is what we're doing especially in the times that we live in I guess he figures like better to have all hands on deck um, especially since the squad has demonstrated that, you know, they are there to participate, to affect change, you know, and not just maintain the status quo. So, yeah, um, yeah he, he he's one of those guys who, you know, we certainly, it sounds like we certainly needed more of him. Yes. Um, but he's one of those rare people who come along once in a generation, if that, you know.
0: I, agreed. Um Le, uh, one of the things that kind of popped out of um, this sad event, mm-hmm. which um, kind of shows, I mean, it kind of shows where we are, uh, but it's also kind of a humorous, like if you know, like uh, sometimes uh, when evil shows up mm-hmm. and is kind of, uh, let's say, um, given a raspberry or like uh <laughs> Uh it, it feels good. It it feels like a, a moment that uh that uh you know Congressman Cummings would have kind of smiled at hmm. um <laughs> if we were if he were with us. Hmm. So, um, you know, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> and Bobby Rankin, oh uh, a uh, pallbearer bearer, uh, yes. and friend of Elijah Cummings, who's mm-hmm. uh who was in attendance and was, you know, uh, captured on video, shaking mm-hmm. various uh, Congress people's hands. You mm-hmm. know, it's just, shook the hand of Nancy Pelosi and um, and other other people who were in in attendance at the uh, Cummings funeral. Chuck mm-hmm. Schumer as well. Chuck Schumer, yeah. Um, but there's a video making rounds that kind of went super viral. <laughs> um, that I was just made my day. And, uh, well, um, why don't don't you take it away? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) How how to sum this up, really? (laughs)
1: Um, uh, Could you repeat this gentleman's name? Uh, Bobby Rankin. Bobby Rankin um, was uh, going down the line, shaking various heads of states' hands, um, as one does during these ceremonies. And when he got to Mitch McConnell... He passed him by like he didn't exist. Yeah. Purposefully. Yeah. Deliberately. <laughs> Deliberately. Purposefully. <laughs> and, <laughs> sc- <laughs> the
0: and. Look on McConnell's face. Uh,
1: completely <laughs> flabbergasted. I don't think that's happened to him since like the second grade. Yeah. <laughs> He's never been. He's so used to just wielding a certain amount of uh, attention and power. It's just like you know, nobody passes me by. <laughs> and dude was just like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish it had um I
0: wish it had voiceover, your voiceover over that single moment, because all I can hear in that distinct moment is, you got played, son. <laughs> you just <laughs> you got. <laughs> there's no
1: other way to put it, and he completely betrayed his own feeling, like the look on his face i that's a gift that's gonna live forever, first yes. of all, like as well it should
0: uh, the look on schumer schumer was who was standing right next to McConnell. <laughs> his face was just like it's the kind of face you make when you burn down your worst enemy's house and he just finds out that it was you. <laughs> It was you That's right <laughs> And I'll do it again
1: <laughs> Schumer was like Oh yeah, yeah. uh, Look at this
0: motherfucker's face
1: <laughs> Just rub salt in the wound It was just like Oh man you know, he was thinking about that for, like, the rest of the ceremony. He was just like, did that really happen? <laughs> I
0: bet Chuck Schumer wakes up now laughing. just like, ha, ha, ha. You know, he wakes up his wife. His wife turns off. What's what's so funny? Ah, it's just some that's... You wouldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, shit, man. But, uh, yeah, if there's anything that can be extracted from... Um, A solemn event like uh, somebody's funeral. It's uh, it's a moment like that, and you know, I I saw online that some people were saying like, "Oh, you know, that wasn't the time to do something like that." It's just like, no, yes, it was. Yeah, you can be civil and not shake somebody's hand, and I don't see anything wrong with that moment. Wasn't there? I mean, if um, if Pence could do it to Obama during the inauguration. Then this guy can do it during a funeral.
0: Pence did that to Obama during the inauguration? He,
1: when Pence walked in, um, he went to the other side. You know, they separate uh, people into different sections uh, in that seating area around the podium. And uh, he went and shook several piece, people's hands on uh, the aisle right across from Obama. Now, this is. The new incoming vice president of the United States, you would think he would go over to the outgoing president and vice president who were sitting nearby and at the very least go shake their hands. But he didn't. And I remember they there was one camera that zoomed in and Biden leaned into Obama. You couldn't hear what he was saying. Oh, but yes, you just know. He I was, remember this. You just know he was saying you like that motherfucker. Did that on purpose. And the way Biden pointed his finger, he was just like, that motherfucker <laughs> did that on purpose.
0: You want me to go slap that <laughs> motherfucker?
1: And Fe- Obama was like, no, Joe, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We'll catch him in the parking lot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and the most vicious love- <laughs> slap boxing match ensued afterward, you know? <laughs> it wasn't a match so much as a slaughter. Um <laughs>
0: Mother, no, <laughs> No, Mother, no! <laughs> God, I love making fun of Pence. It's so easy, yeah. it's so easy. I just remember that like every time I think of Pence, I think of that scene in V for Vendetta when they're making fun of that that Hitler guy on TV, and you just see the Hitler guy holding a warm glass of milk and he just crushes it in his hands. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um but yeah so
0: so yeah that happened (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was kind of
1: crazy it was fucking nuts um but uh this is uh this is what it's like in washington these days yeah so um but one last point um cummings was the uh first black man who has been laid in state um Oh wow! In the capital, okay. So you know that's a in, in 2019. This is the first time. Wow! So that says a lot about our country, and right. if it doesn't put like an exclamation mark on the times that we live in now, um, to show what the history of the, of this country has been and where it's going. So, uh, so, uh, I mean, yeah, you could say it was
0: like. It was, uh, it's a form of silent protest as opposed to, um, a- and it, it doesn't affect anyone except Mc- it hurts McConnell's feelings more. Right?
1: Oh, poor baby. He doesn't have feelings. Let's yeah, put him, sh- apparently he's the Grim Reaper, remember? Yeah, he has,
0: yeah. um, he doesn't have feelings. He has um, shareholders. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say... Uh, so it doesn't hurt anybody like what 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 Mr. Rankin did. What does hurt people is um like storming three hundred quote unquote three hundred style Ugh. into a closed uh you know into a closed meeting uh, regarding impeachment proceedings. They
1: wish it was three hundred style. There wasn't a single ab among them. <laughs>
0: It was, that was described by, by that douchebag Matt Gates as like huh, you know the guy who confused the uh, kangaroo court for actual uh, for actually having Captain <laughs> Kangaroo <laughs> oh, in Jesus it. Jesus Christ! Did he really? Yeah. <laughs> um, he he was the the leader of this of this uh this let's say movement. Let's, let's put a B in front of movement.
1: <laughs> it was a bm um and it, it was yeah. more like a like a a mild uh hustle yeah <laughs>
0: it was a shuffle of white men there you go yeah. exactly
1: <laughs> a shuffle of white men
0: that's like a murder
1: of crows yeah that's exactly that's exactly what i was thinking yeah. i think from now on we should call any congregation of angry white men especially those with uh you know who who are trying to show a, a certain amount of bravado. I'm I'm looking at you, proud boys. We should just call them a shuffle a of shuffle, white men.
0: A shuffle of white men. <laughs> yeah,
1: because it's so fucking demoralizing. Yeah, it's like, it is. You don't think it's like, yeah, you know, blah 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 blah. We're chauvinists and this that, and the other. No, oh, look, it's a shuffle of white men. Oh, they're all congregating. It makes it sound like you know, like a flock of doves would be more dangerous than <laughs> a shuffle of white men. <laughs>
0: So, yeah. Um, so Matt Gates led the charge um, into a meeting where Republicans were in attendance anyway. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like uh, the, the Republican Party was left out of pr- these proceedings. So, um, yeah, I guess. Um, uh, what can one say except uh, Matt Gates is a fucking dipshit shill for the Trump administration, possibly working for Ukraine? Uh-huh. Uh huh. If there was a Ukrainian assets uh, among these people, I think Matt Gates, uh, somebody should look into his bank account. Uh, yeah,
1: the, the Republicans definitely don't want that. It's like, oh, they want transparency. All right. Let's look at your ship. Oh, no, no, no. We're not talking about us. <laughs> it's like how many times how, how many subpoenas have we sent? Oh, no, no, no. We're not talking about us. But
0: her emails. But Hunter Biden. But this and that, you know.
1: That, and, and, and it's so uh, poetic how that's all that stuff is sort of like coming back around. For example, it was last week or the week before um, the Department of Justice formally cleared Hillary Clinton of that whole email thing. It's just like we didn't find shit like, yeah, there's nothing there. It's like so people chanting, you know, lock her up, lock her up. It's just like even Trump's Department of Justice hasn't found shit on this whole fake outrage. Um, the other thing, uh, these guys uh, trying to 300 their way into this meeting 300 there. Um, it, it turns out like at least like 10 to 12 of them were already invited. Yeah, yeah, like,
0: there, there were Republicans in attendance. To it's this like thing.
1: you guys this isn't a secret. You guys were literally asked to be here. yeah and if any if any others wanted to come, all you had to do was ask your speaker. Like,
0: yeah, even Judge Napolitano on fucking Fox News went on and he was just like, no, they're following the rules. And the rules were outlined by Republicans like it was written by re- by Republicans
1: themselves. Exactly. It's like, OK. And they, I think they put this stuff in place specifically for the Benghazi investigations. And it's just like we're holding we're operating according to the rules that you guys set. Isn't that some funny shit?
0: I bet that Matt Gates doesn't know that. Um either that or he got a phone call from his Ukrainian overlords. You know what? I'm I'm making a lot of <laughs> a, a lot of fucking allegations.
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just saying it just seems really fishy to me because you know, this was a, a meeting where, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, phone devices weren't allowed in there. Mm-hmm. And what do they do? They, what do these, um, these so-called rebellious Republicans do? What mm-hmm. do they do? They bring phones and they bl- bring their electronic devices into that. Why? Maybe they
1: wanted to tape something? Um, Apparently. I mean, one of these Republicans, I forget his name, he did release some audio from inside of the room. I don't think the hearings were actually happening um once they marched in there but you're you're just not supposed to bring that stuff in there to begin with and also these guys ordered pizza that's how long they were in there yeah and then left that shit behind after they were finished like didn't even clean up after themselves no. sons of bitches
0: um but yeah uh speaking of uh phone devices uh, did you hear about Rudolf Gi- Rudolph Gi- Giuliani? Oh, this whiskey is getting to me. Um,
1: <laughs> this week's uh, show is brought to you by Lagavulin. Lagavulin, aged sixteen years. Just want to thank uh, my co-host here for bringing the dopeness. <laughs> thank you Will, to the thank show. You. This is this is some nice stuff. It's some pretty good stuff. Yes.
0: Um, but yeah, uh, Rudolf, Rudy Giuliani, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he butt dialed. I think it, it was like a CNN reporter, or <laughs> like a Washington Post reporter. I got
1: a little grossed out thinking about his butt doing anything. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Let's just say pocket dial. Yeah, let's let's say that. <laughs> sorry, I had to get a little petty there. It's just, come on, you guys were thinking it too. All right, so he. He pocket dialed a and, CNN reporter or something.
0: Yeah, and he was just he was talking to somebody about needing more money.
1: <laughs> oh, um, Jesus Christ! Oh my
0: God! <laughs> which is which makes me think that like is <laughs> like uh, is Trump uh, oh, skipping out on 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 paying Giuliani? Probably. Uh, I mean, he did it to Albuquerque just recently. He held a rab- a rally in Albuquerque, our Cheeto in Chief. And didn't pay the bill, and then, the, I think it was the mayor of Albuquerque was just like, "Hey, are you gonna pay us for the two hundred eleven thousand dollars that that your rally costs in manpower and like you know construction and everything else? No word on whether that's gonna get paid." So. The Trump
1: name is synonymous with stiffing contractors and people who he's quote unquote made deals with. Yeah. Um, I. I and it just blows my mind how his base will continue to overlook that and never could. Have. That, that's how dangerous, you know, times are in this country. Like there is no politician who is perfect. Even Obama, who whom I admire greatly, has serious flaws. And I think the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans is that Democrats speak up. If they see something, it's like, you know what? we need to talk about this. Somebody needs to be held accountable with Trump and his base. I really am believing that if this guy shot somebody on fifth Avenue, they, they wouldn't leave him. As a matter of fact, his lawyer uh, arguing in court for these impeach, these impeachment hearings, not being constitutional or whatever the fuck they're trying to say, actually used that metaphor that um trump did in his campaign in 2015 it was just like we're living in crazy land
0: yeah it's fucking nuts uh i i don't i mean uh i'm just waiting for the moment where um where he gets voted out and some of at least some of this madness can Mm -hmm. stop yeah um so
1: i um I mean, he's def- I definitely believe he's going to be impeached. Uh, whether he'll be removed, I'm doubt I'm doubtful of that. But- yeah,
0: me too. I, I, I really doubt that he's going to be removed.
1: But at the same time, um, I do believe, because I've been hearing this more and more, and just knowing what's been going down and the way he's acted, I really do believe that a lot of the Republicans actually hate him. Um, they just don't go against him. Because it was, it was somebody on MSNBC who said this. It's like, the Republicans don't fear Trump. They fear his base because— They fear
0: his tweets. They don't want to be thrown under the bus.
1: I think they fear his base because a lot of their base um, overlaps with his. So they figure if Trump casts a negative eye toward them, it's going to hurt them in their next elections. Um, they're right but if he's gone or if they see an opportunity to get him out of there um, especially after they've like secured their seats for however x amount of years um, I think they'll do it I think that there's great potential for Republicans turning against him if the right opportunity presents itself
0: I agree you know? I agree because I feel like the Republicans are, are such a their their inf- their primary their primary influence is greed mm-hmm. right so um i think they see trump as kind of a cash cow because what has he done he's scaled back regulations mm-hmm. uh, he's providing a lot of uh, money into the pockets of uh his buddies
1: I and think, everybody wants a little suckle at that teeth yeah so i think it's legal now to dump uranium rods into kitty pools now i think that's where <laughs> i heard that so um be careful next summer folks if the kitty pool's glowing <laughs> just
0: stay away yeah just <laughs> stay away from that that's a, that, do yourself a favor go swimming elsewhere yeah unless you want to become like the toxic avenger or the that that guy from fucking robocop. Oh no. Help me. Get away from me, man.
1: <laughs> that freaked me out as a kid. Yeah. God, it's just you, the part that freaked me out the most, it, it wasn't like the skin falling off his face or anything like that. It's the fact that his nails were peeled back. Oh, yeah. I was just like, oh, God, that must hurt so bad. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: it must be, like, an indescribable pain. Oh, you, you can't... You literally can't feel human at yeah. that point. Um,
0: before we continue, we promised to talk a little bit, uh, to say a few words about the uh, grave injustice that happened um, to... Uh, uh, United States citizen,
1: Tatiana Jefferson. Yes, um, she was playing video games with her nephew um, at home late at night, and the front door was left open. Now, this is a hot Texas uh, evening, um, and it's not uncommon for folks in states that uh, you know that have very high temperatures to leave their doors open a little bit so some airflow can go through the house, the night air, maybe cool things down a little bit. Um, A neighbor um, noticed that the door was open and phoned the police to ask for a welfare check because he doesn't usually see that door open at that time of night. And, you know, as as a neighbor, as a citizen, um, that is the proper thing to do. Um, The cops, when they got there, are skulking around the property with their flashlights, um, in the dark, and when they get to a window, they see the figure of a Tatiana Jefferson um, in the window and identified, or saw some saw her holding a gun or well, something yeah, like that. Well, yeah,
0: that's that's the the issue was that she, they didn't announce who they were, so she didn't know who they were, mm-hmm. so she went, and she got her gun.
1: Exactly. Uh, Isn't it an open carry state yes. as well? Like.
0: This is a legally obtained gun. Um, she went and she got it because she was just like, who are these people holding flashlights on my front? Like skulking around the outside of my house. Mm-hmm. And that's when police officer just shot her through the window.
1: Mm-hmm. Less than, didn't announce themselves less than two seconds of possible reaction time that they gave her and they shot her dead. Uh, This is an atrocity. The officer who fired the shot was allowed, I think, at least 24 to 48 hours to uh, get his affairs in order. Essentially what it is is uh, he got the chance to scrub his social media um, before turning himself in. Um, He Has resigned from the police department, and I do that in in quotes, because when he was finally arrested, he was bailed out by the police union. Figures. So he's technically not a cop anymore, but still being helped by the cops. That says a lot right there. Folks there's a systemic injustice that has been present in this country since the beginning, when it comes down to policing of the black community and other communities of color. Um, And it hasn't changed in this entire country's history. Um, It's in stark contrast to not stark contrast. It's just a a further reminder of what happened in the Amber Geiger case uh, when she shot Botham John. Um, in regards to minimizing the culpability of police officers and trying in some shape or form to smear the victim, I, I'm so tired of this and I feel, and Sean King said it best that there is, there is something building, uh, in the bedrock of this country with action like this. And he's not, he said, I'm not calling for violence. But if justice isn't served, people are not going to be able to handle this much longer. And I think he's right. To, for black people to be killed indiscriminately in their own homes, in their own homes through no fault of their own, people cannot take that.
0: No. Well said. Um, and you know, in the within the ca- in the case of the media, you know, immediately they like when. And it's less so now, but it it still happens. Mm-hmm. Like these victims are often smeared. Oh yeah, often by like uh, right wing leaning media like Fox News. Of course. Um, Trayvon Martin, first person that comes to mind.
1: Oh, of know? course, of course.
0: You know, they release uh, him wearing a hoodie, just looking kind of like intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like he was a fan of the marijuana, you know, <laughs> uh, with. Um, as if to justify these killings. Yeah, of course. Um, it just it, and it just happened recently. I was looking at news about um, uh, the person that we just brought brought, brought up uh, a short while ago, Bobby Rankin. Mm-hmm. New York Post, not missing a beat. You know, it was just like, you know, Bobby Rankin was uh, the the person who snubbed McConnell was uh, thrown in jail for forgery. It's like fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Fuck the New York Post. It's a rag. It's it's not even worth, uh, you know, putting down so your dog can take a shit
1: on it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's just um, like really, we're supposed to be offended by that. Meanwhile, President grab him by the pussy, gets a free pass. Oh yeah. And then uh,
0: you know, um, pre, you know, uh, 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 Mitch McConnell covers up his dirty dishes for him. Just just like uh, you know, tries to d- won't. Won't skip a beat in terms of trying to protect Trump
1: because he knows where that's where his bread that's where his bread is buttered. Yeah, for sure, for sure. They even tried the same thing with uh, Botham John. It's like they found a little bit of marijuana in his house afterward. Like, how in any shape or form in this universe does that justify somebody coming into his ap- apartment unannounced yeah. and killing him? Anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but, um, folks, I think his name is Botham Jean. I, yeah, yeah. The, the way that last name is pronounced, I've heard it oh, pronounced. Oh yeah, that's right. It's genre. That's right. 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 are yeah. right, right. you're Right. So, um, it, it all depends on preferred uh, pronunciation, right, even, right, right. even my own name. Uh, people say it in different ways. Some people say Mancibo, others say mancebo. Yeah. Um. Have I been saying because I've often called you Mansebo. I'm, I'm used to that. I, okay. I don't, I don't deem, Is it I don't deem anyone proper. Okay, gotcha. like it's like whatever, you know, as long as you're not like, you know, Nesto Smith. I'm no, like, God. you weren't even close, like <laughs> Susan, you know, <laughs> what? <laughs> but, um,
0: um, by the way, uh, by the way. Uh, and thank you for talking about that. I was really struggling to find out, to figure out the words to say about the whole uh, Tatiana Jefferson tragedy.
1: It's, it's, there's no easy way to talk about no, it. There is like, isn't. I, I don't know anybody who, um, if you're really taking a look at the situation, can speak about it in a dispassionate way. No. Because um, it's frightening. It's really, really frightening. And, you know, and I'm not blaming any uh, white people who might be allies who may not be able to feel what we feel because sometimes you are separated from the experiences of another group just because you haven't experienced it. But let me tell you guys, in case you don't know, it is scary as fuck that something like that can happen. Yeah. Be careful out there, people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think I think we should switch yeah, gears. Yeah, we should switch yeah, gears. It's getting heavy, Doc. Yeah, it's getting real.
0: <laughs> There's that word again.
1: <laughs> Does oh, everything man. everything just
0: gain mass in the future?
1: <laughs> uh, let's talk about Joker. Uh, let's talk about that you're Pablo Morales-Martinez. Oh, yeah,
0: that's right. I am Pablo Morales-Martinez, and you, sir, are Ernesto Mancibo.
1: That's right, and together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus taxes. taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. That's
0: right.
1: <laughs> Bienvenidos todos.
0: Welcome. Yes. <laughs> Los queremos a todos. Uh, we love you guys. <laughs> You're going to be translating for me. That's right. right? All right. Uh, all right. So let's talk Joker, right?
1: Joker. Joker.
0: Um, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, great actor or greatest actor? I'm being... I'm kidding. Uh <laughs> No, he he did a good performance. I I think he did a great I agree a I, great job.
1: I think that he showed that he he really is a man of his craft. He thoroughly immersed himself in whatever material he was given to portray this character. From the character's uh, me, uh, diagnosed mental illness, um, the physicality is what really captured me because it was consistent throughout the entire film. His as somebody who personifies um, uh, sort of like the image of a clown, uh, part, of that, part of that imagery is to be ultra-realistic or like almost bigger than life. And even when he didn't have the clown makeup on, um, he was still exemplifying that. Um, I noticed it in the way he walks and the way he runs. His footfalls were always as though he was wearing clown shoes, even when he didn't have clown shoes. Yeah. on. Yeah, holy um, shit! I
0: didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize that. The
1: sound of it, the physicality of his legs, um, and whenever he ran, whether he was in clown costume or not, he had a cartoonish run.
0: Yeah, he had a cartoony run. That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so he he kept that up the entire time, um, which I appreciate from like a, a physical standpoint. Okay. Um, and he and I really. I was really pulled in by uh, the social awkwardness that he he kept on for the majority of the movie.
0: Well, he was showing a lot of like signs of mental illness. Yeah, for sure. Which I, I don't know. I mean, if you like, in in movie terms, it's kind of a catch-all, and it's like very exaggerated for the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't yeah, know, I mean, man. Yeah, we li-
1: we live in New York. I think I might have seen like some folks who. We're weirder than him
0: yeah but it, he he was a it seems like he, to me he suffered from that hollywood mental illness where it's like um he could still function in life and still mm-hmm. like uh carry on conversations with with people without people like you know i mean obviously people are kind of are kind of nervous with him throughout the movie but I, it, I, I don't know it just feels kind of like uh exaggerated for for movies
1: would you have uh, from the way he um, personified it in the movie would you have deemed him a high functioning um... that
0: that term actually doesn't exist anymore that and that's a recent thing really? that's a recent development yeah okay. yeah that term high functioning
1: um, is it considered offensive
0: I uh, I'm not sure if it's considered offensive, but it's just not – it's just an outdated term.
1: Okay. I mean, it's just not accurate? Yeah, okay. yeah,
0: yeah. So um, I know something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly didn't. Yeah.
1: I was just – I thought that was like the thing. No, no, no. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. It used to be the thing, but recently it's it's changed. So, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in the past, I guess he would have been considered high-functioning just because he was able to like carry a job and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um and um have uh, see it's a he he suffered from a lot of of different things yeah he did um he he sure did at at certain
1: points i was just like what else is he he can't just have like what is it i i don't know the name of the condition that makes you laugh uncontrollably i don't know that either uh, uh, somebody
0: mentioned that to me today it's some uh and i can't repeat it uh because i i just can't remember mm-hmm. but that's actually a real condition okay. um yeah uh, i i the more i th- it's one of those movies that the more i think about it uh the less i the less that's there mm-hmm. uh, did you forget did you get that feeling at all cuz i'm just like this is a movie that doesn't seem like it like I feel like it's trying to say something, but it just, it kind of just loses itself. For one, I didn't particularly like his character right away. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a moment where I I felt I, I, I ever really felt sympathy for him, and mm-hmm. I felt like the movie was like, was being lazy and being like, you have to sympathize with this guy, you have to, and I'm just like. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't have to I don't have to sympathize. The movie's called Joker. Yeah. Um and yeah. if you know, if anything, it's like uh I should have less sympathy for him because I know what he's capable of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: the attempts the attempts to humanize him um ultimately didn't serve any particular purpose. Now, I think we have to go into spoilers a little bit in order yeah. to... But, I mean, it's been out for a while, so... Yeah, it's been out for a few weeks. But if you're listening right now, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Um, His mother. Right. Um, Who seemed like uh, this sweet older lady who was obviously sick, who wasn't able to around as much when I say sick I meant like physically ill because she, she seemed rather frail yeah. he was doing a lot of stuff for her he was bathing her and stuff like that so automatically you're gonna start uh, extending um, sympathy toward her because it's just like oh you know somebody's frail mother It's like almost like the symbol for pulling out empathy in you and then as the movie progresses you start to notice that she might be off.
0: Uh, I mean, uh, I think she suffered from a stroke at some point, mm-hmm. um, which left left her incapable of caring for herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, like, I kind of love that actress because I she was uh, one of the main characters in this show called Six Feet Under, which I love. Okay. Um, where she was Ruth Fisher. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I, I was kind of taken aback by the fact that, like, you know, they set her up as being, like, this sympathetic character who, um, you know, her son is taking care of her, uh, making sure that she's okay. But then, you know, he goes to visit Arkham Asylum, gets the f- his file, mm-hmm. and it turns out she's an abusive monster, <laughs> and that he's he suffered from all these kinds of, like, you know, uh, there's a little snippets from Ted Bundy over here. There's yep. a little snippets from Jeffrey Dahmer over there, um, and uh, then he goes full on like Joker, right? Mm-hmm. And here's where the movie starts to like really push my buttons, right? Uh, the whole time the movie's asking, well, uh, I feel like I'm having a, a lot of stuff to say. You can jump in. No, me. no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but. Uh, the movie's asking us to sympathize with this guy yeah uh and then the character the the little person character Mm -hmm. uh from the jump people are making fun of that guy Mm -hmm. and then i think the movie at some point makes fun of the guy Mm -hmm. um because when the moment happens where um Arthur Fleck, AKA the Joker slashes that big guy's uh, neck yeah. in the, in his apartment. And the, the, the uh, little person, I forget what his name is, is trying to escape. Yeah. He goes for the lock. Mm-hmm. The movie's just like, ha ha ha. He can't reach the lock cause he's little. Exactly. exactly. And it's like, what
1: the fuck?
0: Like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Just what are you trying to say? And the more I think about it, the less I like it because I'm just like, you're not saying anything to me, are you?
1: Yeah, yeah. For me, the movie lost me. It it just seemed like it went somewhere that it it that didn't make sense. It was after Arthur Fleck uh, killed those three like Wall Street guys on the train. Um, those three Wall Street guys sure know word for word the show tunes. Yeah, it's like all right.
0: <laughs> they they all know this song. like interesting. Okay, all, all right.
1: right. And then they you know, they start attack him, and Arthur, you know, shoots two of them immediately and kills them and chases down the third and kills him uh, on the subway platform. And then he goes off and makes this pardon me, and makes this sort of leap into a whole different persona that we had no lead up to earlier in the film. Yes, earlier in the film he was awkward, off, uh he suffered a lot and yes, that was depicted, but for him to go from this sort of like somewhat vulnerable, awkward, mentally ill person to cold-blooded killer, almost no remorse at all.
0: Well, the uh, I I can kind of I can kind of believe that because of uh you know, once he got that gun and he had all this resentment towards society in general, like he was telling his uh, therapist, all I have are bad thoughts, right? And then he carries around that notebook that was, like, straight from Seven, Mm -hmm. which is just like, I have, you know, I have pictures of dead bodies in here.
1: And is this comedy, you know? Um, But the thing is, like, he was caring for his mother. He had a lot of fun entertaining sick children at the hospital. He was developing in his mind, it turns out later, feelings for his neighbor, um, who he had made like one fleeting connection with and then he built this whole scenario in his head. But still, that demonstrated some desire to have a human connection. Because it wasn't depicted at all that he was having like you know, uh, rape fantasies with this woman or anything like that. Like he, in his mind was depicting her as a source of support for him. Like when his mother ended up in the hospital, um, due to, uh, her condition being exacerbated by being questioned by the cops, like he imagined that woman there with him being supportive. So it was like, there were hints throughout the movie that he had a humanistic side to him, a side that almost cared about other people or at, or at the very least wanted to be accepted by other people. And then he kills these three guys on the train and automatically the, the, the switch flips. And I'm not saying that people can't switch like that, but we got no lead up. It's not like he was, you know, Abusing animals or something like that. Like he no. was, he was scribbling in a book. If if anything, <laughs> that might be um, a healthy medium to get these thoughts out. Right, right. You know, right. and he was going to therapy steadily. He was on medication, several types apparently. Yeah. But then suddenly he just flips over to the, to become like almost like a serial killer. Right, right. Because right. not only was he able to kill these men in cold blood, but he didn't freak out when he was questioned by the cops in front of the hospital. He didn't lead on at all. He was just, he just became like this angry guy. And then, and then he didn't spill the beans. And then he constructed this whole elaborate, elaborate sorry, elaborate scenario about what he was going to do when he got asked to be on that talk show, on that late night talk show. First, he was going to take his own life. And then he decided, oh, no, I'm just going to, I'm just well, going to kill Robert De Niro. Like right on TV, yeah. you know, and it's just like, where's this, where's this, com- where's this whole other persona coming from? It's just How coming is out that of... inside a riot, by the way. Oh well, apparently, I think, I, I think it was they. They had made some allusions earlier in the film that people were suffering. It seemed like economically, uh, people were just having a hard time, and under those conditions. Um, crime tends to increase tensions tend to increase Um, and I think that when these three Wall Street guys were killed on the train that served as a symbol to the public that like yeah these guys who are ruining our lives suddenly got theirs
0: and then Thomas Wayne piled on top of that by calling everybody like, by calling you know uh, uh, people who are in, in, in poverty as like what deplorable?
1: Yeah, like it's like oh these clowns. People, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, I like. I, I see what you did there. I wanna see wanna what wanna you did there. Wanna but wanna like, wanna. yeah, that that was an interesting choice. Like they made him like a dick. You yeah. know, it's just like. All right, you know, I mean, like it it fit, like uh, you yeah. Know. But
0: that's that's the issue that I have with the movie again because it's it's it tries to play both sides because it's just like fuck Thomas Wayne, oh no, he got shot with his wife in the alley,
1: and I didn't even care. Yeah, like I was just like, oh, he got oh, shot. Oh
0: fuck, he was a dick anyway. Yeah, it's just like all uh, right, his uh, his wife didn't don't know his wife from anything.
1: She was nothing, and she was just the wife. That's yeah. all she was. You know, it's like make sure you have the pearls on so they can you know. So we can have a, um, a cum shot uh, metaphor happening God. at the end because that's exactly what that is. <laughs> is that really? <laughs> that's what, it is? what that is.
0: I always thought it was just like an imagery
1: thing. I never saw it as cum. Yeah, it's, it's uh, it, violence against women in movies is oh, is God. a metaphor for sex um and yeah. that's and, and the pearls splashing around like that's that's totally cum shot. Yeah. They did that in uh, Batman versus Superman too. It's just like he, oh but that was way way more phallic. He put that was he, way more phallic. He tucked the gun under her pearls A, pulled the trigger and it's just like And uh, if you look yeah <laughs> if you look
0: at her necklace uh, like before the that shot in Batman versus Superman there's no way he got that gun around that necklace because it was really tiny yeah. it was like marge simpson like kind of like a, a almost almost a choker but not really right and then like he puts the gun underneath the pearls and it's like what did the pearls grow 3 feet what the <laughs> f- did she murder a few clams on the way to a crime alley <laughs> Just gonna add more pearls yeah. onto my necklace as I go. They're made of candy. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. <laughs> Zack Snyder released the Snyder cut my uh, ass. Jeez.
1: But, um, <laughs> a lot of hate to Batman versus Superman tonight. Uh, that doesn't get a lot of love on this show. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the Joker was just like a wet dream for. Angry white guys. I
0: don't see. That's where I. That's where I disagree with you. Okay. Um, because um, if angry white guys are gonna go into this movie, like I, I thought about it when I was like, when I was watching, it, I was like, this isn't a movie for angry white guys. Because what's it? What does it tell angry white guys? You know, the mental health system is really fucked up, isn't it? You know, um, uh, because. Uh, uh, a movie for angry white guy is is like the Thomas Wayne story. That's that. He's the real angry white guy. He's angry at these goddamn poor people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, secretly he's like against, you know, people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, he's not doing anything for the community. What is he trying to do? He's using his millions to launch a political campaign. Right. Right. Um, so that's the angry white guy story. Uh, Joker is a story that is kind of lost in its own message.
1: I but I think, from my perspective, I think that Joker um, represents what the angry white guy feels. Like he's just trying to get along in society, and then he's beat up for no reason, which is what Arthur Fleck is depicts as. True. Just like he's just doing his job, he gets his ass kicked. Um, He gets chased into an alley. He gets his ass kicked by trying to do the right thing. He gets fired at his job and this, that, and the other. And it's just like, and he's given no other choice except to kill in order to get respect. And it's like, and when he does that, he's cheered for it by society. Yeah.
0: At the very end, he gets his applause.
1: Yeah. It's just like, that's why I feel like that's the wet dream for angry white guys, because that's, to have the catharsis of taking revenge out on society and then getting some sort of recognition because of that. Um, that's, that's all it's about. Yeah. Meanwhile, no, no sort of, um, real depiction of, uh, taking accountability for himself. it's like, yes, we know he was eventually arrested, but was he, He's in a men- he's, he's in Could have men- been all in his mind. That was the
0: the late that was the screenwriting uh moment where I was just like, as a as a person who writes screenplays, mm-hmm. I was like, Motherfuck, fuck you. It's like, oh, it could have taken place all in his mind. It's like, fuck you, fuck you.
1: I thought the imagery was <laughs> was interesting though at like the last shot of the movie when he's walking down the hallway and his feet are bloody. Yeah. And he's leaving tracks. It's just like, well, what does that mean?
0: Well, is that really real? Mm. You know, and that's that's where I'm just like, you know what? Don't don't do this. Yeah. Don't do this to me. <laughs> um, okay, so that's our, our thoughts on Joker. I'm sorry, but we we are, we have to cut it.
1: I guess we're out of time.
0: Yeah, we're out of time. We had so much more to talk about. Um, but I actually think we should talk about that in the post game. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. So post game. What am I? With? The young turks. <laughs> um, <laughs> tick, 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 yeah. tick 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 tick
1: tick. <laughs>
0: I love jank, but that <laughs> annoys the shit out of me. Um, okay, so for both of us here, I'm Pablo Moran Martinez.
1: And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are Robots vs. Taxes. taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right, and while you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the week. <laughs>